Hello and welcome to the Bones Horror Podcast. This is episode 76, A Quiet Place 2, which is a sequel to A Quiet Place. Um, Tonight we have with us Jess. Hello. Larry. Hello. And Ewan. Hello. Going live on YouTube and the usual podcast. So, right. This week, what have we been up to? I have been doing a fair bit of work. Uh, family's just left me and gone to Norfolk, which is about four hours from my house. So I'm, I'm home alone. So, uh, yeah, tonight should be no hassles, no kids using all the internet. Um, so it should, should be nice and quiet, at least till tomorrow anyway. Um, you guys, Jess, I know we didn't see you last week, did we? Yeah. Um, working mainly socializing wow um, socializing and then a birthday last night so busy yeah. yeah you did manage to watch film yes excellent larry yeah no all good all good i think uh mainly with just film watching this week haven't done uh too much like um filming or anything that probably be kicking off again in like in oh, okay summer brilliant Ewan, been uh, to the uh, cinema? Uh, yeah, been a few times, um, which I'll talk about later. But I also also had another D&D session. Uh, nice. Second one I've had. It's, it's quite it's quite interesting because I... Because I, obviously, I, 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 I think I only go for all the sort of like improvised theatre of it all. and just, I mean, obviously, and socialising as well. But I like the sort of... I, I, I like sort of taking the piss, but not really. Kind of on on that on that edge, because luckily it's not taken too seriously these, these these sessions. But I'm just like, I'm just all here for like being the sort of the bard at the edge of the actual like fellowship company, where I'm just like there just to like sing a song or give encouragement. So occasionally I just, I just pop up and just nice. go, "You can do it, guys!" And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> wow, <laughs> I'm well suited to that." I think <laughs> that's good. Well, yeah. Oh, so, not too bad. Are, are we doing a podcast next weekend? I we'll have to see about that. Easter weekend. Yeah, see about that. Yeah, well, I'll double check. Yeah, it might be a bit tricky that one, but uh, let's see. But let's move on to uh, a quiet place too, which was my pick. Um. Right, so I actually brought some. Following the deadly events at home, the Abbott family must now face the terrors of the outside world as they continue their fight for survival in silence. So I can read what I'm saying, guys. If you're listening to the podcast, I read that on my screen. It's amazing. Um, yeah, so pretty much, I loved the first one. Um, I think I went to the cinema. Me and my son, my oldest, Ollie, we went to the cinema to see it. Um, and it was great. A good, it's only an hour and a half, isn't it? Hmm. it well, the first a, one was. I think this one was the second one's like an hour forty. I think. It was, yeah, but it's it's just right, really. Um, yeah, and I'm interested to hear what you guys think about it. Really, it's uh, yeah, I've got the 4K version as well, which looked really nice, to be honest. Um, yeah, and it's just I could watch this once a year, I expect. Maybe not. Maybe two years. But um, it's it's a good, decent film. So. Uh, can you explain? I know you and love to explain 
what the script is actually about. Um, I could stumble through it, but um, yeah, I can yeah, try and explain. Yeah, go, you, on. You sure? go, okay. go on, Ewan. Go on, Ewan. <laughs> Okay. So part two, uh, pretty much sort of minutes or maybe late, even an hour art set after the uh, first film where John Krasinski sadly dies. Um, so the father of this family, the Abbott family, who have learned to survive in this post-apocalyptic um, uh, situation. It's only just become post-apocalyptic. So it's day, I think in part two, it's day 474. So it's just over a year um, uh, since the big day, since the big apocalypse day happened, which you yeah. actually see as the prologue to this film, which I think was a good, it's a good opener um because it kind because that I'll, I'll be honest I, I wasn't as sold on the on the first one as a lot of other people were um I, I, maybe because it was overhyped because it came out and everyone was going mad for it it you know busted the box office it got so many great critical reviews and i thought oh i, sh I should probably see this and then i saw it and i was like uh i i like it but it's not it, to me, it's not as revolutionary as people uh, were saying it was. Um, and I like the the problem I had with the first one is that I, I felt it was too limited in its scope, which is obviously the point because I think John Krasinski wants wanted it to be um, an intimate family drama, essentially. Um, but I think all the trailers for the first film were pretty much like. This is it, look, it inferred that it was a road movie and that yeah. we'd be traveling through this world and seeing what it's like and stuff. But really, it's not. It's it, as the title suggests, it's just them being in a quiet place, which is a place they found, which is quiet and away from the um, away from the noise. monsters. I keep yeah. making noise though. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, it's, could I, I, I missed out a little chunk at the beginning, really, that I like to do. Um, so, it was directed by John. How would you say his name? Kroninsky? Chris, I don't know. If it's Krasinski. either Kroninsky or Krasinski. Yeah. Krasinski. Krasinski. So it starred Emily Blunt um, as Evelyn or Evelyn. Is it Evelyn or Evelyn? There you go. I can't remember. Abbott. Um, she was in Edge of Tomorrow because I like that film a lot. Um, yeah. That is a good film. Uh, Tommy Shelby starred as. <laughs> Emmett, who was a friend of Lee's, um, the character that died, um, and that Lee Abbott is in it at the beginning, um, the uh, John Krasinski character. Uh, the budget is sixty-one million and a box office of two hundred ninety-seven million and a Rotten Tomato scores of what? Do you think seventy-one, maybe something like mm. that? Seventy-two, just because I know the first one. I think that one is it actually higher. Okay, yeah. is it? Ninety? No, I'd say eight. <laughs> oh no, no. Ninety-five. <laughs> Just registering. Yeah, yeah. Literally, it's like nah, nah. Well, yeah, not, higher than ninety. Higher than ninety. <laughs> this is like what mentalists yeah. do, you know, when they're trying to ascertain. You, what... Am I a mentalist? Yeah, I, I mean, in the I sense might, of like a psychic, not, not not not, yeah. not like a. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd probably go in the seventies as well. Actually, yeah, ninety-one. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't know if that was a bit as well. I was like, is it going to be 70 something? It was like, no, no, one. Oh, dear. So, oh, yeah. So, 
Yeah, sorry, you so I've done I've done my bit now. I like I like to do that <laughs> little introduction to the film that I've done for seventy six episodes now. Um, yeah, and I forgot to do it. So yeah, it all starts at that little league game, which is kind of like baseball, I suppose. And there's some kind of object in the sky comes down, and from that, what are those things? Sort of alien, what are, what, what are they blind called? alien things? Blind mole rats. Uh, yeah, who can only. Um, uh, <laughs> sorry, Dan's just commented saying, due to current events, I chose to watch Slapface this week. Brilliant. Dan, I watched Spiral <laughs> after I Am Legend last week. So, yeah, it's yeah, the current events. We are very current on this podcast. Um, Slapface, I actually watched, which did you guys watch that? Did you watch that, Larry? I don't think. So. I think it was on Shudder. Yeah, because I, oh. I used to have Shudder. It's a very good yeah. film, but um, yeah, it's it's uh, again I'm confused by it, so I need to go through that with you because I don't know what's <laughs> real and what's not. It's one of them. Um, definitely worth a visit, though. So anyway, um, let's go back to this film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll talk about Slapface later. <laughs> Down. Yeah, yeah. We, so, we so, the, so, so the opening kind of expands the world a bit um, uh, and sort of sees how it all started. So it's like, so the whole Abbott family are at a little league game, as you said, and the um, anxious middle child, um, I can't remember his name now, but he's sort of, he's doing the batting. Um, annoying, very annoying. He, he is a very annoying child, especially yeah. in this film, I think. Um, I honestly <laughs> didn't remember him being in the films. I saw him really? I was like, did he die? I, I, I wish he had died. Oh, no. It was a little one died, didn't he? No memory of him whatsoever from the first film. Well that yeah, well that's the interesting thing about him in this film, because he's sort of like I don't know, he's they, they, I think they try and think of things for him to do. And I don't I, I, I I'm not sure if it totally pays off, but anyway, so they get so Earth gets invaded um by these monsters who are blind but they can they've got ultrasonic hearing and they attack towards any sound they hear um and it, you know it's a good opener it's big set piece action opener quite fun quite enjoyable and then it flashes forward back to day 474 um where the abbott family are leaving their quiet place to go to another place um sort of led by millicent simmons character um who is yeah. pretty much the hero of this of this film good. yeah she is very good and i and i think this it's this film's best asset i think is yeah. is is her character because she's sort of like i mean it's a it's a it's a very different sort of character to what what other heroes before i mean just the fact that she's deaf is just sort of and i think also um as much as i I'm ambivalent about the first film. I feel like her character, uh, you were saying something similar, I think, last week, Lawrence, um, about her character being great. But it's sort of like, I, I feel like it's kind of, she, she sort of broke a barrier for other films and TV shows to feature deaf characters. And I think yeah. that's why it's often, we, we see far more deaf characters now on, on, on TV and movies. Um, but she's sort of like, she, she's a badass hero in this, I think. Yeah. And she's sort of like still, still sort of grieving over death of a father um and so the other family kind of leave their quiet place and uh come across this sort of i don't know what you call it it's like a refinery or something and or yeah, yeah. like a factory s place like something yeah. from rust 
isn't it? Yeah. You know, from, from the game, it's an old industrial place. Rusty mm. old place. Yeah. And then they find Kill- <coughs> they find Killian Murphy, who is sort of um Killian Murphy, Tommy who? Shelby. Oh right, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I don't want to conf- confuse anyone, do we, on this podcast? <laughs> Um, and he's and he's living by himself. Um, he's been living by himself since his wife died eleven weeks prior. Uh, the kids died on day one, I think. Um, and he's been sort of, um, sort of like, been very wary of of other people because he's um, again expanding the world a bit. He sort of talks about how he's been in contact with a sort of other sort of like it seems like the world has been split into tribes like it's gone back to that kind of dynamic and he sort of has examined the sort of depravity of humanity and you know the 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 state it sort of follows the same sort of tropes as a lot of other post-apocalyptic um movies and so this has become their new quiet place um and but Millicent Simmons's character from the first film has discovered that she can weaken the monsters with her um I'm not quite sure we call it a sort of hearing aid thing and holding that up to a microphone. Yeah, it's the frequency, um, wasn't it? It was Yeah. Anyway, she found that the frequency was quite annoying to them. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. it doesn't kill him, does it? But it certainly pushes them weak. Yeah, it makes their heads pop up. Yeah. And then yeah. you can sort of shoot it. Um it's it's Ooh. it's very like a video game in, in many ways. I mean, but both these movies. I mean, a lot of a lot of yeah. Especially a lot of this one, it reminded me a lot of Last of Us, and in many ways, I kind of wish it was more like Last of Us um, because it was sort of. I mean, the, it's the interesting thing about this film is that when I watched it the first time, I really, really enjoyed it. I gave it four stars for Culture Whisper. I watched it on a, I think it was an IMAX screen, so I was getting the getting the full experience. And you know, I, I think with this film in particular, it, it, it's wise to watch it at the cinema because you get yeah. you get yeah. the full impact of what what you're going for, just the quietness and everything like that. And you know, the the key USP of this film is that um, everyone's quiet at the cinema. I mean, some you get maybe get some people eating popcorn, but other than that, you sort of you're you're required to stay silent because. Um, because that's not what like the characters have to do. Not, no, like, a not like a Marvel film. film. No, like, no, 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 not at all. Um, and but watching it again, I was, I, I, I feel like I had similar feelings that I did to the to the first one actually, because even though they expand this world, and I quite enjoyed that, um, I feel like I, I don't care about a lot of the characters, or at least I don't care as much as they're wanting me to i think the only person i care about is melissa sims character um but but as we said earlier um the, the boy i can't remember his name but noah jupe's character is just he, i mean he's a good actor and he knows how to play and play anxiety he was also in I think it was in the David E. Kelly drama, uh, The Undoing, where he plays a quite a similar role, where he just, it's clearly like John Krasinski just goes, look anxious. And he's like, yeah. He manages to do it very effectively. But um, but he doesn't do much in this no. in this film. He, he it, just ignored me. Like I, I, I was on the same kind of level as Hereditary, with that boy squealing and crying all the time. <laughs> um, I was I was getting the same... Kind of feeling, you know. I'd probably cry and scream a bit if a bear trap went through my ankle, or whatever. To be honest, but he was he was just bloody annoying. Yeah. And, uh, 
And yeah. it was also there was also a moment where I mean, when that when that bear trap gets him, it kind of disables him uh, throughout the whole film. And um, but there was a bit where uh, basically, in order to avoid the monsters, they go underground in this sort of subterranean cave, um, yeah. and they're able to escape them uh, like down a ladder. But what confused me was that even though uh, <laughs> the 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 boy had like a disabled leg, he was still able to climb the ladder and yeah. sort yeah. of like w- when his mom goes off it's like well where are you going where are you going and then instead of stay downstairs after everyone had gone it was just him and his him and the baby he says oh i'll just go i'll just go exploring for a little bit don't don't care you know i'll just leave the baby on its own all the anxiety went away yeah, I mean, yeah. and and I get why they did that. I mean, the reason they did that is to offer a bit of backstory to Killian Murphy's character because he then goes, the boy goes upstairs, sees the dead mum, sort of psycho style, just in the, or the dead wife, whatever, in the, sort of in the bed. And that offers some like background to Killian Murphy's character, but it's still, it's still, it feels like they took a shortcut in the script where they were just like, well, we need, we need him to go out in order to figure this stuff out. But, what uh, yeah it just didn't didn't really settle well with me um Kelly, killian murphy listeners is uh tommy shelby they know they... that they'll know that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they know. anyone who's listened from episode one won't know that well we did do 28 days later a few weeks ago yeah tommy shelby in as well <laughs> <laughs> Um, but that's that's another thing actually. I, I did he I did mixes really it up like, a bit, doesn't he? I, I did really like, everywhere. And I, I did really like Killian Murphy's character and and him. Yeah, he was very so good. Think, that's the interesting yeah. about Murphy in general is that he seems to do a different sort of performance with every role he does. I mean, mm. I, I suppose the best known role is is as Tommy Shelby, as you said. But this Pretty character, cool. even though it's still <laughs> this character is still filled with trauma and Ooh. distrust and and. Uh, sort of almost waiting for death he's still it's still a, you can still see he's a different character to tommy shelby and i think that's testament to murphy's character uh, <laughs> uh as yeah. i said i scream when arm hairs get stuck in my wristwatch bear trap i'd be dead yeah i think i think we're all in that in the same boat <laughs> i'd be very surprised if anybody had a bear trap and just like kind of breezed it off just like let's go yeah <laughs> well we don't have bears do we i, I bet many. in sweden they have bears i bet they do in sweden some kind of bear, polar yeah. bears, maybe. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Don't polar bear. bear. Right. <laughs> <Yoke. laughs> I, mean, I mean, barely anywhere has panda bears. bears. But they're near Russia, aren't they? So they're bound to have bears. Near Ridge. I mean, they're nearer than us, I guess. But panda bears. Let's ask Jess what she thought. We we got we haven't we haven't given away total spoilers on this film. What happens at the end yet? But uh, yeah. is this your first watch, Jess, or second yes. or first watch? Yeah. And did yeah, you I've pay been for it? To watch it for a while. Um, no, so <laughs> I spent ages trying to find somewhere to watch it. Yeah. Um, and the only place I could get it was by getting a free trial of Now Cinema. So yeah, that's yeah, that's on there. Soon. <laughs> yeah, you can cancel it straight away. I think you can do it yeah. straight away. That's what cancel, cancel. Yeah, um, it is on internet yeah, but... plus, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 I wanted to watch it on the telly, so but okay. yeah, otherwise, it was like you couldn't rent it anywhere, it was buy only, so it was like 7 yeah. That's why I got it on Blu ray. I just thought, fuck it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I really liked it. Um, it did feel obviously without going into anything just yet with the ending. Um, it didn't feel like overly a lot happened. Um, 
quicker. I still really good, really, really good. Um, I think the kids were great at the end, especially. I got a lot of um, like Stranger Things vibes. Mm. I mean, yep. not just because they do kind of just look like Demogorgons, um, mm. but the lighting and everything just was great, especially mm. with like the whole radio, like live. Mm. Really good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you won. You only watched it a few hours ago, didn't you? So, you've yeah, done I well watched there. It and had lunch, yeah. yeah, you've done well there. Um, Larry, come uh, on. I, is, I it, like... is it all down to interpretation? <laughs> or, or I, 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 like, I like these films. I'm not the biggest fan of them. Um, okay. That's not for any other reason than just because the first one came out at a really weird time where, like, I think very close to it or at least a few months before or after a bird was bird box that came out around the same time i think bird box came out later. originally yeah and it was like it was like on netflix or something but yeah and it was and it was like oh this one's this one's about sound and then this one's about visuals and then they did that other one that was on netflix the silence which was like <laughs> yeah oh. i think i came out next i year. think and the silence year. was written first um possibly and i definitely read bird box um Bird cage, whatever it's called, I get confused. Um, <laughs> bird box. So I've definitely read both of those, but then I don't think there is a book. There might be a quiet place. I don't know, but I've definitely read The Silence, mm. um, which isn't as good as A Quiet Place, but I like some of the ideas in The Silence quite a bit, actually. Yeah, yeah. I just. And the monsters. There's lots that, well, of them. That's that's the thing. Like my, I think that is my biggest issue with the A Quiet Place. This is just a personal one because I think the films are actually very good, very well made, really likable characters. And but for for me, I just I get a bit bored when there's like a creature that's kind of like I don't know how to put it. But for instance, we mentioned Stranger Things, and I think that Demogorgon is quite good because without e throughout each season, it's like evolves in some way. You know, evolve. You know, you've got different types of creatures, or it's trying to take over people and trick them. That and, you know, reminds yeah. me of Tremors with the ass blasters and how they all kind of evolve three or four times, don't they? Well, um, yeah. Like I like that in Tremors. They start off as like the worm thing, and then they turn into an ass blaster, and then there's something else. Yeah, they Have had, you seen I those films, guys? Have you seen? Yeah, yeah. I think I saw it ages and ages ago. Is that Cronenberg? No, definitely not. Is it not? Is Trem it? What, Tremors. Well, I think of Shippers. Kev it's got Kevin Ke Bacon. Yeah. yeah, Kevin Bacon and. Oh, Kevin Bacon. No, I don't. There's yeah, about I six of them. Yeah, there's the oh. first one was like the first one was like just had the premise of there were like the worms and there was like a bigger worm i think and it, it throughout each film they evolved or added new things like i think there's one where they can like walk on the ground with legs yeah. um uh, i don't think but, i've seen it <laughs> no nah, but, but this this is the thing with oh, the quiet place too <laughs> like don't get me wrong i think the opening especially i think that's really well done and you can yeah. tell with the second one that john I think it's Krasinski. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you can tell that he's obviously um, feels a lot more confident because I think the, a Quiet Place was his first film. Um, well, I, I, well, I don't or think it was like his first, like first, first film, but it was for a big horror film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, I think that I, I think he's going to do a third part, isn't he? I think they've said that I already. Expect so I mean, so... It's, it's, it, I mean, it was, it was weird because it was like after the um, first one did really well. 
Um, apparently, John Krasinski didn't want to do a second one. He never intended to do a second one. But oh, I, I, okay. I, but I don't know. I, I slightly mistrust that because I feel like the first one did end on a cliffhanger, and yeah. that might have been the producers who said, you know, make sure this film has returnability to it. I don't know. But it was like, I don't know. It was sort of. And and then for some reason, and then he was like, "Well, get someone else to do Quiet Place 2. And then he just wrote and directed the whole thing, which I don't think uh, he didn't do it solely. He, he didn't write the first one script solely by himself. I think he wrote it with two other people. But in this one, it was just it was completely him, just written and directed. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I I I do think that they are good films, and I definitely I you know re- do enjoy them, but are they ones that like I'd go back to a lot? Like I've seen e- each one of them once, yeah. um, and for me, I'm like, cool, cool. If there's mm-hmm. a third one, I'll see that, and hopefully it has um, like if it's going to be like a roundup of a trilogy, or if they're just going to do another one. And but yeah, no, it's 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 it is it is decent. I think it's well done as well, and I think as from seeing obviously on the on the video for people watching it visually there are some really like as you said before just as well the lighting's really good the mm-hmm. shots uh the cinematography is really good and obviously the acting because i think emily blunt as well is she's a very good but now emotional actor i think I she know. can convey that very well there's another reason why i really like edge of tomorrow because i think that film could that film as well could just be another action throwaway but i think the characters in that make it what it is so yeah i'd say it's good it's it, yeah good. i mean I, th- th- that's the thing it was like when i was when I, as i was watching it i was like yeah this is really good this is really good but i'm i'm not really that emotionally invested in what i'm watching yeah. and that's i think exactly, i think that's exactly what I, yeah because they're good think, you can acknowledge it yeah but for me i'm like i just am not here like whoa this i gotta see the next one i'm like yeah cool. And I feel like good. as as I was watching it, I was like, and this again, this is critics shouldn't do this because it should be like you should be crit- you should be criticizing what is happening on screen rather than what you would have preferred to to have seen. Yeah. But in, in my view, I think I, I there are certain moments where they could have like leaned into it a bit more. Like I like it kind of annoyed me when it was um, when they followed Millicent um, Simmons' character. Great scenes, um, but I feel like that if it was. I feel like it would have been more daring if they just had it completely silent with her because you could see where it drifts from silence to sound in order to sort of... And it reminds me of those times in, you see in sort of uh, movies, uh, usually war movies, where they're speaking... Where, they're, let's say, Germans, they're speaking in German one minute and then the camera moves like past their head and they're speaking suddenly in English because yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah, we'll put up with German for a bit. No, we'll go for full English. We, ju- we, ju- we, ju- we just want English. And it, it felt yeah. almost like that, where it was just like, okay, we're going to have soundless for a bit, but, you know, we'll... we'll, we'll <laughs> we'll make it accessible for everyone. We don't. We just don't focus on this stuff character. But it's like, but it's like, but those scenes where it is just silenced um, and following her are just so effective. And I feel like it would have been even more effective if you had those moments longer. Um, uh, especially when you've also got like um, the sort of like booming soundtrack as well. I yeah. feel like I, I feel like a lot of those music cues were a bit um, superfluous. But as you say, Lawrence, it was sort of I I. I I did enjoy it, but again, I wasn't heavily invested in it. Yeah. Well, I, for me, I was wasn't interested that much in the characters at all. I was more interested in how these alien things, whatever they were, were breeding. What were they doing there? What was the point of them? 
why are they just wiping out everyone? Is it just a literally are they eating them or are they just destroying them? Um, that's kind of where my head was all the time while watching this at the cinema. I thought it was going to get a little bit more. Maybe they had a breeding ground. Maybe there was these asteroids landing or whatever they were all over the world. Is, was that right? Was the whole world was kind of taken over? Unless you're a little island because these things can't seem to swim. Mm. So one stowed away on the boat, didn't they? They can travel off this by is what boat. I want to know. Yeah. Did, yes. did the boat just happen to drift there, or was he like paddling? Like, <laughs> I want to see that part. Well, his little little armbands on. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Just, it was at the wheel. It was at the wheel. Yeah. It was just... <laughs> <laughs> you think how to drive it? Just with uh, is with uh, David Lynch on the boat. Like we're going into <laughs> the night. Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for in this third one. Um, yeah, yeah like whether we get a bit more background to them or literally they're just yeah. going to play a massive speaker across the world and kind of yeah. play these frequencies and destroy them. And But what's to stop others coming? But, but the, well, Larry so, mentioned yeah. evolution. And mm. if you look at when she's on like the train carriage, there's that huge hole in the side of it. And the other train carriage was wrecked. And I thought at that point we were going to see something a lot bigger. Yeah. So yeah. now I'm like, is that? I think in the there future? must be. But are these things just like, like dogs? You've set them on. There, there's someone in outer space, a lot bigger, a well, lot stronger. I thought stronger. it was going to happen after that scene mm. when they run into the cabin. It sounded like something bigger was coming. Yeah. And then it wasn't. So I was quite disappointed at that. No, no, I, I get that. It's. Mm. Yeah, we wanted a bit more. That's why maybe it should have only done one and just let us. That 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 is it. No, you know it was down to interpretation. So uh, yeah, it's literally that. But now we're probably going to get a third one because it generates money. It's making mm. five times what it cost. Mm. Um, but I think that's what's interesting because I mean I. Uh, this might be a bit snobby for me, but I'm I'm just sort of. Because it's, it's, I reckon if this was made even like ten years ago, I'd have liked it a lot more. But because in the last ten years we've had such amazing horror movies come out, or horror movies that at least like push the boat out, yeah. um, it's kind of like I'm watching this, and the only the only thing this this film has as its sort of USP is the silence, which is done very well. But I feel like that that's that's really what what's what, well, what's going for it. I, but I don't this might be like really stupid to say, but like the thing that gets me is that in a film about these creatures who need silence, they don't seem to care at that beginning bit when they're running around with cars and stuff going like, burr, burr, yeah. they're just like, and so I, it's little things like that where I have to stretch in my head the premise and think, okay, did the world really not guess that, that they that sound is the the weakness. Mm. Yeah, it it was also like I mean, I yeah, and I I, I just don't know. I, I suppose like the point of the of the film is that it has that kind of intimacy 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 angle um ab, ab, about it where it's like not like people don't really know what's going on and um it's about that kind of conflict I guess but I feel like I don't know I just I just wanted more from the world I, and i, I felt yeah. like as i was watching it i felt like it wasn't it wasn't a case of like this world is it, it, it has been well built and it's mysterious i feel like it was underwritten and they just 
put a mystery angle on it, if you know what I mean. So it, so it just felt like they were sort of walking into empty space almost. So the, these aliens that can are blind that can make spaceships or they can travel. It must be very difficult being blind to be able to do all these things. Well, um, I wonder. I wonder if there are more evolved. Yeah, that, that's, beings it's got to be, isn't it? So it's just the beginning of the end of the world, basically. Because um, if these things are that powerful, it's game over, isn't it? Really? Mm, you know, we yeah. might have a little frequency that kills them, but that's, that's it anyway. I shouldn't think too much, really. <laughs> but, that, but that is that's one part of the film that like i think for me is lowered is that you're meant to think okay like maybe they've just by accident landed here and you know yeah but i don't know no. hopefully it'll get maybe it'll get explained so shall we rate it and so we move on to the next i know jesse's got to be in bed by midnight so she she we, we've got to get on with this um <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it seven. I like it a lot, but, you know, I, I don't know. The more I think about it, the more it doesn't make sense. It looks spectacular at times. The acting's good. I think the aliens look good, whatever they are. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm going to give it a seven because I want to know more and it doesn't explain itself that well. And it is quite a basic storyline, isn't it, really? There's not much to it. So for me, a seven. Jess? I'm, I'm torn between a seven and an eight. I'll probably go for an eight. Um, probably would have gone higher if more had happened or if they kind of gave us more. But hopefully the next one will uh, do that. Mm. So. Well, yeah, hopefully. Larry? Uh, I'm stuck. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna Barry say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say, and again, it's only not because I don't think it's a good film, but just because of my my personal score. But I'd say a solid six for me. But solid I think, six. but but I do think it's that's not because the films like it's not because it's bad or anything. I think it's a very, they're both very well-made films and I, I'm looking forward to seeing if they do expand upon it or how they round it up if they do. But yeah, I'd say six just for, as a personal one for me. Okay. You in? Yeah, it'd be, um, it'd be seven from me. Um, I, I feel like there were, there were lots of things I enjoyed, um, but as, as you were saying, Jess, it was sort of with the sort of, with with a sort of tropey angle and then and, and and stuff like that, you can kind of predict where it was all going. You couldn't predict the um, action set pieces, which is again part of this film's strength is that the the action set pieces are done very well as well. Um, but yeah, I could kind of predict what was going to happen and oh, yeah. the as the very asset the, yeah and the the only asset I think is well, Killian Murphy, but also Millicent Simmons, who I think is just is I mean not only a great hero, but just a great actor. And I think she um, will go on to do really, really good stuff. Um, uh, and can she, can she talk in real life? Well, she can. She, my she sis, can my sister's profoundly way. deaf, so she can't mm. talk at all. She right, makes yeah. sounds, obviously, but she's never, ever heard. Yeah, well, I think talk, I, I, so. well, I, well, I think she I think Melissa, I, I'm not sure what what you call it. It's just sort of 
that that version of talking i guess um but it's uh but she's she's great and i think um she'll go on to do great things um but uh but yeah the rest of the film i wasn't completely sold on which is strange because i actually enjoyed it the first time i think the second time because i knew everything that was coming nothing was like a surprise anymore and i and the the stuff which was there kind of without the surprise is left with not much so it's kind of yeah so i was ambivalent second time so yeah seven for me okay it's about that time then so it's about seven overall really isn't it that's not too bad so let's move on to dan's hot pick Every time. <laughs> Every time. Oh, Dan's hot pick this week. Coca D. Coca Da from 2019. Um, now, <laughs> an interesting film. I purchased it because I was struggling to get hold of it, actually. Um, so I bought it. And how would I explain this? Jess is playing the trailer. So we've got a trailer on at the moment. So, a case of the shits derails a family holiday and forever alters the course of their lives. Years later, the couple go camping again, looking for one last chance to go back to the way things used to be. So there's my, like, log line or whatever you want to call it. Um, (laughs) This film. Now... I wasn't sure what they ate at the beginning. It's a Swedish film, I think, isn't it? Mm. I think. I think Dan could tell us more. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Swedish. Yeah, I think it's Swedish. And what I really liked about it is that everyone wears white underpants. So that was quite that was quite interesting that you know that is the most surreal thing about this film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so everyone wears white underpants. This must be a, a very Swedish thing, I would have thought. Um so they, they they they're at some kind of fair, aren't they? And and uh, they all eat something. And I think the the mum's very ill, isn't she? Yeah. The, the the daughter actually passes away. Um. So three years later, they decide they just go on a bit of a road trip, don't they? I don't know where they're going, but it's Camping. late at night. And they decide to camp out that night when she wanted to go to a hotel. And. Uh, Anyway, they set up tent in the middle of the night. She's dying for a piss. Goes out for a piss and comes across, I think, a, a, a woman, a weird kind of weird-looking guy, a guy in a white suit singing Coca D or something, the song. I don't know. Is that a Swedish song, Dan? I, I really don't know. It's one it of those. I think it's a proper song. Um and a guy, the guy's carrying a dead Staffordshire Bull Terrier or something, something along those lines. And then there's one that's alive. And basically, I think they both get killed by these people. And then they wake up again in the tent and she's dying for a piss again. And she wants to go outside for a piss. Mm. And they try and he tries, I think after a couple of tries, tries to change what's going on. So, yeah, so he's always um, 
he's always waking up in the in the same place almost he like, needs a piss yeah almost yeah. like final destination where it's like he experiences one way of, of going about it um and almost all of the ways he ends up being caught by these three people in the forest mm. um and then once the people catch him it's almost like it's almost like a game over moment in a game and then once it's game over you re you restart to the last checkpoint and for this film the checkpoint is um uh the guy waking up and his wife needing a piss um mm. and it's kind of him trying to play out each scenario and trying to yeah. figure out how to it's almost like a almost like a puzzle in some ways yeah. um to try and avoid these three they're almost like um in like house invaders in some ways but it's like like they're tent invaders they're just tent invaders like, yeah definitely um, and why and is also... it daylight when it's they got a torch out or something and it's daylight mm. in some of the scenes i don't get that well it's quite it's quite curious how sort of like days and nights work and even seasons i mean there's a moment where i think three quarters of the way through where the where the woman suddenly exits the tent and and it's layered under in snow, snow so yeah. it's kind of it's kind of that uncertain environment that's kind of always shifting and i think it comes from when the daughter at the beginning uh it takes an interest in this sort of music box thing yes that sort of like spins in a well it has like a sort of tapestry or painting of these three characters on there and I, th I think i think the implication is that once you like activate it it sort of activates the monsters but apparently it's yeah. three years in advance or something like that um but i actually <laughs> i actually really enjoyed this film i i think it's sort of it's um i i think when i watched it i was like in a state of like it, we'll get onto this later, but I, I, I think the day before I'd, I'd watched Fantastic Beasts, the third <laughs> one, and I was in a state afterwards of going, "Oh my god!" I just, I, I was, I was, I was just in a state on a sort of Hollywood hatred. I was just in a sort of state where I was just like, "I hate Hollywood now. They've ruined everything, and everything's so formulaic and horrible. I hate it." And it was sort of like when I put on Cockadee Cockadar, it was just like every rule's been broken yeah. and it's like so sort of like the the writer and director was just like i don't care about making clear any of this film it's just going to be completely from my head and there's like oh. puppetry there's weird characters had a sort of weird sort of league of gentlemen vibe at times yeah you know the sort of um yeah. especially at the beginning where these two really weird eccentric characters suddenly enter this restaurant um but it's such a great it's such a great opening as well where it's like where they're seeing where the mum ends up in hospital because she had like the shits, as you said, um, from eating <laughs> shellfish or something. And it was their it was their daughter's birthday the, the morning after. And it's this really long scene, and it's a, I think it's like a, done in one shot, where it's mm. just like it's really, really basic angle as well, where it just like and then it gets to this point where the parents are singing happy birthday to their child who they presume is sleeping in the in the bed next to his mum. And it just transpires that she's died. And it's such a it's such a sh I, I love those. I mean, it's, it's like it's almost like a key part of like um, sort of screenwriting uh, rules is that you sort of you change the emotional state from the beginning of the scene to the closing of the scene. And I really like when it takes, when films take that to such drastic level. So mm. with this, it's like happy. It's our daughter's birthday. Oh, she's dead. <laughs> it's that sort of, it's such a sort of uh, uh, excellent end point. And then it goes off three years later into this really weird kind of, um, a recurring spiral of of this guy waking up at always the same point with these three sort of like 
sort of weird sort of folkloric characters trying to sort of terrorize them. Um, and then it goes off into this weird like puppetry situation. That's a um, Swedish thing, I think. Like we have really? Punch and Judy, yeah. Mm. And it, it and was sort of play of rabbits. Yeah, and, and sort of, sh sort of shadow play and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was kind of, I think that's very Lynchian as well, um, especially with like the Red Curtain. I think that's Red Curtain is very Lynch. So it's sort of like, and there's also, there was also like um, David Lynch's Rabbits, um, where it's just humanoid figures, but with rabbit heads. Um, so I think that's very similar to that. But also the um, parents and the children were sort of um, dressed, well, not dressed up, but sort of they had like makeup on which made them look like rabbits. So I think it, in a way it's a kind, I, I think it's probably like, I don't know, some sort of classic folklore tale that he's telling. I, I, I don't know, but it's, they sort of try and connect it to that. I think maybe. <laughs> Dan's just commented. Ewan grows on you. He knew about Coco di Cocodar and he has watched it. Well, I'm glad you like me now, Dan. <laughs> Dan, can you just let us know how many boners you give it? To be honest. Yeah. It'd be nice to know your thoughts on it because I know you hadn't seen it. I know you recommended it, but I don't think you'd seen it before. Um, I'll be watching it again sooner. Mm. So it's one of those films you... that it's one of those films that you can rewatch, and I think you can yeah. find something each time. So what I got, and I'll put it on Twitter. Like straight away, I was like, "If you need a piss, piss yourself," because like it's. <laughs> that seemed to be the way that worked because they should, you know, she like, let's get in the car. Let's not muck about. Piss yourself in the car and let's go. Mm. That seemed to work the most. So at the end of the film, I don't know. <laughs> it, it, well, it, it, well, it reminded me. Did they escape of, the loop? Or not? Well, that's the interesting thing. I, I, it reminded me a bit of. Um... The end of the mist, you know, there's the Ooh. Stephen King adaptation, yeah. um, where they're going, uh, where they escape the supermarket and they're driving through the mist, through the mist, through the mist, and they can't get to the end of it. I feel yeah. like this is sort of like an infinite forest situation, like, <laughs> and they can't, they can't escape mm. whatever fate. So are they being like, punished boom, boom, boom. like Triangle? We go back to our episode one, whatever Triangle, where you go around <laughs> in loops and it's forever, and it's got something to do with some gods or something. Apparently, is that right? <laughs> Um, I don't know. So it's like a, a how. It's like a well. I think th how. Well, right? I think I think I think it's well. I think in some ways it's kind of like <laughs> we were talking about this in Drag Me to Hell, where yeah. it's that kind of punishment for not much at all, um, which I think actually works better here than it did. But you sort of interestingly with the sort of um, flashing back and forth when they're camping, you also get little pieces of um, uh, of their the couple's situation and it's usually that um the guy isn't especially nice he's not terrible but he's not an especially nice guy um and i think maybe it's kind of almost um suggesting that it's kind of punishment for his behavior but then she's not she's not dealt very well as well either so it's sort of i didn't um, trust him as soon as i saw no. his white pants because <laughs> also he spent he you spent know. like the first few times um of of the the camping situation just sort of leaving without her yeah <laughs> so yeah i'm, like, I'm kind of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't work yeah. right i'll take her with me this time will that work <laughs> <laughs> it was i enjoyed it jess you need to watch it mm. sure i think you'd enjoy it actually. it's different <laughs> very different <laughs> Well, there's a lot of people pissing themselves, but like it's that's, that's the film's that's, underlying that's, message. That's the thing. Every time it reloops, he wakes up and she's like, "I need a piss." 
but that, that's how it starts. And he's going, nah, Dad, just do it in a saucepan or something like that. That's what he said. One of the first things he said, do it in a saucepan. <laughs> Why couldn't go outside? No, no, she does start outside and then she gets. Yeah. So, and there's the white cat. There's the white cat. That's there's just a there. white cat. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. So I, I, would, I would give that eight, to be honest. I like that. I liked it a lot. I was well engaged. Kept me in, it kept me laughing. Mm, yeah. It's a, it's a good, interesting film. And I'm so glad I bought it. So, uh, yeah, I'll be on that again. I don't know why it's an 18, though. Yeah, that confused me. I think, yeah. I th- yeah, I think it's like, I don't know, maybe like what? It's is some it? things. Like, I don't know. Herself, uh, well, I don't know. It might be just like the, I don't know, maybe like. It's just too weird. It's too weird for the senses. The dogs in the, uh, you know, the, maybe the dog being set in the tent on them. I don't know. I, I, maybe mm. just the thought of it. <laughs> anyway, what was the point of the dead dog? Why was he carrying a dead dog? Well, that was the thing that sort of happened like towards the end of it, where they sort of where the dog runs, the white dog runs out, and they the uh, runs out into the road, and the couple run it over, oh, and, and that's so a now kind it's of looping from there. It's looping back back again. Yeah, so it's a ve- it's a very interesting timey wimey situation, mm. um, and it doesn't doesn't explain it, and I and I actually really appreciate that it's it's funny say, saying that after we sort of um yeah, say yeah. the quiet place too for not for 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 not saying like you know about the world and stuff but i think because kokadi kokadar is specifically art house and specifically meant to be surreal and you get that from the beginning i think it, it works better um in this situation i mean that's why i'd give it an eight because it was just sort of it was so yeah. different so interesting and you didn't know what was going to happen um and i think um I, I think we need to value these kinds of films <laughs> <laughs> Right, so let's move on to what we watched this week. What have you been watching? No, seriously, what have you been watching? Who wants to start this week? I've watched quite a bit, actually. We do one each, yeah? So I I watched the uh, Spiral from the Book of Saw. Um, Now... I looked at Rotten Tomatoes score on it, and it was 37%. So I spoke to my dad about this film, and he goes, yeah, it's good, Kev. You need to watch this. I'm not so sure. <laughs> I, I, there are, see, I don't like the torture stuff at all. I like horror movies, and but really, when people... There's a scene where a mate is getting his fingers ripped off. Yeah, you said you all seen Saw, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I've seen, I haven't seen yeah, Spiral. So, so, yeah. so in this spiral, there is a scene where there's some guys like in a kind of bar thing, and his his fingers are like connected to these like. Um, there was a place I used to work for, and they used to sell these Chinese things that you'd stick your fingers in, and you couldn't mm. get your finger out. Yeah, yeah finger you know traps. What I mean? Yeah, yeah, not yeah, that. yeah. So he's got finger traps, metal ones, on all his fingers, and he's wired up, and this thing's winding his fingers in. So if the water gets too high, it's going to electrocute him. With this bit of copper that's hanging there. Um, and it's ripping his fingers off. He rips his fingers off and he dies anyway. So, like, it was quite brutal. I liked Chris Rock in it. It's, and Samuel Jackson's in it as well. I would give it a bit higher than 37%. <laughs> but it's... 
I don't know. I just don't like you. Wouldn't. All right, that's that's fine now. Um, but I you, thought you said you don't like you. And I was like, no, 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 no Larry, sorry. I love I love you. So I I don't know it. I didn't get this. It didn't make sense to me at the end at all. And this guy wandering around. And it, it was a bit of a. It started okay, and then it just seemed to be all crammed together at the end to make it work. Like Saw normally is. Everything comes together at the end. Oh, there was the big, you know, twist. It was him, blah, blah, blah. Um, with a pig's head or whatever. But yeah, it was it was alright. And the reason I watched it, obviously, because we are a very current <coughs> podcast. And Chris Rock was in it. And, and we did I Am Legend last week. And I wanted to do Spiral last week, but I couldn't squeeze it in. So it was alright. It was alright. I don't think they should make another one um, at all. So, Larry, what what did, what did you think of it? Did you think it was a pile of horse shit? I just, I just don't really understand why they took the story in that direction. Like when I saw the trailer for it, I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be quite interesting. Like It's going to be a, a film that can um, expand on what's come before and maybe make it different, maybe like explore different terrain. And, it, you know, the practical effects are good. But the story's all over the place. The new Jigsaw, without spoiling it, is just not intimidating. And it's just really a horrible twist at the end. For me, personally, where you're just like... You can see it coming, I think, as well. It's very obvious because the tone yes. of pitch of the voice is just like, I oh, picked... that can fit only one person in here. It's like, and it's you. <laughs> I worked so... out, like, like, for me, to work something out like that, it's mm. got to be obvious. I was like, it's got to be him. Well, yeah, it's just and when he plays his voice. Through. Yeah, yeah. It's just it wasn't, it wasn't satisfying for me personally. Um, I just kind of think they need to leave it now because they keep trying to do it where they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we're going to explore, you know, more about this world." And it's like, well, I think we know what's going on. Like, well, my my wife, right? When in our younger days, I don't know when Saw came out, but I always go to see horrors, and I've taken her to see a few. She refuses to go to any more horror films after I took her to see Saw. <laughs> so I took her to see Saw, and I said I don't really know much about it because I didn't. I, I hate reading up about stuff before I go and watch it. So we went to see Saw in the two thousands. You know, whenever it came out at the cinema, and it was kind of quite gritty, isn't it? It's quite felt quite cheap in a way, um, and that was it. She didn't like it at all for some reason, and that was the last horror film. So now <laughs> I go on my own. <laughs> it's like 20 or, years <laughs> well yeah so anything that's 18 I've had to go on my own or, or, or like there are films I've gone which I felt really bad about because I said to my dad I've got this horror film you know I liked Conjuring 2 so come and see it with me so we go and see The Nun um, and, <laughs> and I don't mind The Nun really um, but my dad was like it was alright Kev but he was just trying to say it was a load of old bollocks really but um yeah, so like, Jess, you have to come to the cinema with me. I'm afraid <laughs> to Ollie's to Ollie's eighteen. Um, yeah. So, do you want to pick something, Larry? Tenant, best film, ten out of ten. So the thing <laughs> with that, that again. Why would I not like that particularly? Do you think, Larry? Um. I ain't got a fucking clue what's going on. <laughs> yeah, so I love this film. So I watched it everything's recently. Everything's backwards and forwards, to... and yeah. things are going backwards. And oh my god, bullets are coming out of people and going into people. What's all that about? Come on, explain. 
Okay, <laughs> even now we've got Explain all this There's work. <laughs> you know what yeah. the fuck's going on? It's in uh, yeah. It's 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 a concept of time travel that is very in real world. So meaning like they know that they're it's a bit. Oh, science lesson, everyone. Um, <laughs> just yeah, it's based on a different type of time travel, which is inversion. So instead of There's going in one, well, yeah, instead of like going back into a time machine, which is very much you know fictional, of like, oh, there's a uh, don't, don't lie, it's great. Don't worry. I, the thing is, though, is that I I do actually. The thing is, is that I do respect that people don't like it, and I fully get those reasons. I don't know what's going on, Larry? Um, yeah, it's one. That's it's one problem. of those. It's it's one of those films that what I don't know. I don't really know. It's got Batman um, in it. Without sitting here and obviously explaining, like obviously detail and details, I think it's just one of those films that's meant to be. I think Christopher Nolan is a director who always tries to, you know, not one up his own his, uh, you know, his own films, but I just think that he has such a dedication and care to filmmaking that even if you don't you know, like a certain one of his films, which I know everyone usually has one or two, one that they go like, oh, it's my least favourite. Um, I still think there's something to get out of it. And I think he just, what he wanted to experiment with a concept where it was similarly, again, like to not over-explain, but at the same time to just create, I don't know, yeah, just a, an enjoyable film. And I think that, I, but I do respect that it is a film that really I like has... That yeah, it has it has a very convoluted premise, but I think that I think it's one of those films that's required to have multiple viewings as well. Like I don't think it's a one and done, and then you leave it and go. Ah, I think the the point of the whole film is that it can be watched multiple because it's obviously a temporal yeah. pincer movement. For me, for me, it would be Larry explaining what's going on. After I've watched yeah, it, join it. Join it. <laughs> I was going to say I was going like, to join in. Yeah. Join in next weekend where I explain Tenet. Can you do that for me? What the whole? Well, yeah, just the whole the film. Whole movie, the whole fifteen-hour movie or whatever it is. Thing is, don't don't tempt me because I will, and I just do it for my like. I, I would, just I would watch it. I'd watch it, Harry. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's the interesting thing about this film is that I, I'm I'm one of the people who didn't like it that much. I, I didn't I didn't hate it. I I thought it was a fine, I guess. But I I, th I think the reason you should watch this film is because of the technical aspects i think yeah. more than the narrative aspects, because i think the technical yeah, aspects yeah. are really really good and it's classic nolan just pushing the boat out again like you know completely changing how we think about uh, how certain action scenes should be done i mean he does like you know drive a whole plane into a fucking set you know um so it's i i think you should watch it just for that i have watched the film twice and i, I have to say i still don't understand what's going on um Commentary coming soon <laughs> yeah but it is it is it is worth watching. Um, I remember Lawrence and I had like loads of discussions about it, like after yeah, it came a, out. And I we just had didn't. a very, very big long discussion <laughs> over video, and it was literally just like, two different, completely opposite ends of the spectrum of that <laughs> film. Like, I love this bit, like, that fucking bit. Yeah, 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 exactly. All I would say is like, if you didn't go to university, I wouldn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I no matter get... what you went to university don't well, i went it. to university i still don't understand <laughs> you, what's going on <laughs> you don't understand that amazes me i reckon you understand more than i do you well well, you well keep in mind lawrence and i think a lot of people who really enjoy this film are really into the um that sort of science so yeah. like that sort of 
at you know quantum physics and, and all an that stuff. Thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or at least it's it's heavily based in scientific. You theory, can't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The the particle theory is the correct part, but you can't actually invert yourself and go back in time. Yeah, but for those of us who don't, who aren't into that, it, it's mm. it's kind of difficult to sort of get into, and that's why. That's that, and it's interesting because I I still appreciate what Nolan did because Nolan doesn't simplify it like a lot you know pretty much every other time travel movie does and mm. I do I do like the fact that he's done that but the fact is is that I sat there not knowing what the hell was going on yeah. and just yeah, seeing lots of explosions and stuff. If he, <laughs> if he had just thrown Batman into a DeLorean or something, I'd have been <laughs> I'd have been quite happy. midway through the film. You know what I mean? Yeah. Got, oh, it all I'm makes sense now. Do you know what I mean? I'm <laughs> Right, so <laughs> Jess, have you watched anything this week? I've been going for anything that's easy and doesn't require brain energy. You didn't so, watch Tenant then? No. no. <laughs> um, so I've been watching uh, The Walking Dead's been out every week, so yeah. I've been watching that every Monday. Actually, been enjoying the last few episodes. They feel a lot better than the ones previously. Um, the writing's better like it doesn't feel so scripted mm. um but yeah that's all i've really been watching now you've got now tv for a week i think you should watch malignant and then we can talk about it next week because i really like it and i know these two don't well i haven't seen it to be fair oh but, um... i did see that I remember up, actually because i was looking through the horrors please please watch it when did we last talk about that i can't remember how it must have been when it came slated out like, ages ago I, I actually I am quite like not it. a fan of that film. I think you should watch it, Jess. I think you'd like <laughs> it. Give it a go. It's it's all mm. right. It's different. Definitely give it a go. It would be interesting yeah. to see like what what your opinions are of it. Mm. I just think that it's yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're in. <laughs> Do, on the name. Yeah, you in? Yep. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, <laughs> I've been pretty really worried if you didn't. I mean, just yeah. like me, uh, it's my turn. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, so I'll just I'll just keep it to one. Um, Fantastic Beasts, the Secrets of Dumbledore. Um, this is so the this one with is... Johnny Depp in, yeah? Not anymore. Not anymore. Johnny Depp stepped back from the series. Um, it's been heavily implied it's because of the recent Amber Heard case that he's, that he's stepped away from the franchise. Um, so he's replaced by Mads Mikkelsen, who's actually one of the redeeming qualities of this film. Yeah. Um, Mikkelsen, I, it's funny, because even though Mikkelsen, I think in this film, is sort of reining it in for some reason. I think he's Hannibal half, Lecter. Yeah, yeah Hannibal That's Lecter, yeah. the chief. Um, also the guy in Death Stranding, who's, who's yeah. great. Um, oh, yeah. But um, but it's funny, even him at his... At, half his best is still amazing because it's Mads Mikkelsen and he can be intimidating and he's pretty much the sort of the proto Voldemort antagonist of, of this series um, and but uh, th there are a few there are a few good things about this film so there's like a political angle um, around it which is really on the nose but kind of entertaining so Grindelwald <laughs> it's, it's set in the 1930s and Grindelwald um, played by Mads Mikkelsen um has sort of is, is sort of rigging the election at the 1930s uh in 1930s germany um in order to become uh the new chancellor so i wonder what i wonder what subtext that means um uh but <laughs> so someone, someone's just commented and said, hey lawrence are you legend <laughs> yeah thank you <laughs> um and yeah this so so dumbledore is kind of 
I mean, if people don't know the context of Dumbledore and Grindelwald, they were basically in love back in the day. And now they have this kind of um, hero nemesis situation. And uh, the gang, which includes Newt Scamander, played by Eddie Redmayne, and um, um, a big bloke and a moustache. Um, <laughs> I can't remember his name. Um, but they have to stop uh, Grindelwald. But the problem is, is that I was watching this film and trying trying my best to get into it. Trying to get back into the nostalgia of Harry Potter because it—that's what it is. It's the third in the prequel spin-offs of Harry Potter, and I was just watching it. And I was just like, "It's just Hollywood peddling the same messages with the same characters towards exactly the same audience, and it's just sort of event after event with sort of no clear direction of where it's going, and then it's sort of suddenly deciding, okay, this is what this is about now." Um, and I was just. I was sort of pained by it. I, I found some bits quite funny. Um, so there's a bit where Newt Scamander, who's like the magic zoologist, he's in charge of like animals and stuff. He rescues him, his brother in a sort of subterranean Sarlacc pit sort of situation. And he sort of like does this sort of dance move with a load of sort of scorpion things around. That's quite funny. And I enjoyed the scene. But again, I, I would love that if that was just like a YouTube video or like a really well-made YouTube video. Rest of the film, I was just like... I just, I, I'm just sort of sad that you know this is this is what what we've come to as a civilization is that it's just so sort of it's the third film in a planned five film series. And oh, there's going to be more. I thought this was the finish. No, no, no. So and also oh. one and two. I mean, it's hilarious the sort of the critics' response on this because a lot a lot of people have been positive about this. I'm not overwhelmingly positive. Good. Sort of three star region, but it's sort of like. A lot of people are just saying, well, yeah, it's great. It's better than the second one. And I'm just like, that's that's not a serviceable achievement. The second one was piss poor. And this is slightly better, but it's still not very good. Who's and writing I, them? Well, it's J.K. Rowling and um, Steve Clovis, who also wrote um, a lot of the Harry Potter movies. Okay. Um, and, you know, J.K. Rowling, aside from her sort of like <laughs> recent... Are these in paperback, these? No, they're, they're, uh, that's they're that's just, another problem. Just... That's another problem is that it's not there's no original source text um, okay. aside from the what the forty page thing she wrote for Comic Relief called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Um, I and think I think I got that, that somewhere. And I, and I think yeah. that's also part of the problem is that it's five movies um, based on no original premise. Um, uh, not even like it's not even like the Hobbit movie. I know a lot of people hate the Hobbit movies. I like them more than most people. But at least the Hobbit. I also like them. Okay, I like good, them. good. At least we're yeah. united in that. I'm good. Um, yeah, yeah. But at least the Hobbit has. First of all, it has the 300-page source text, but it also has the the sort of you know the mountains of appendices which J.R.R. Tolkien wrote for it. And so, even though it, you know it may have been slightly too long, but they've able to like justify it in a strange way. With Fantastic Beasts, they can't really do that because they're. It looks. It just. It just seems like they're making it up as they go along, and that's what really really annoys me. Because the Harry Potter, you at least had you had scope and even though they made they started making the films like four books in they still had an idea of where it was going and they had a thick sort of history but with here they're just they're just going in blind and it's, it's and it's so trans i know i know it's the same case with every hollywood movie that they that that they're making films to make money basically and and there are lots of films out there where which which are intended to make money and that i really love i mean lord of the rings is the most obvious example um one of my favorite movies of all time. But with this, it's so transparent that they're just trying to make money. And so, and the storytelling is just so, it suffers because of that. And it just, 
Um, <laughs> and even though I don't, uh, even though I'm not as attached to the Harry Potter movies anymore, um, I have a sort of sentimental attachment because I sort of grew up with them. It's kind of like, I just, it's it kind of, there's there so many moments in this film where it's just like Holly, uh, sort of Hogwarts nostalgia. We're going to show shots of Hogwarts and inside, oh, oh, look, it's Hogsmeade. Oh, look, it's the books that um, nearly ate Harry up in Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, look, that's a great callback. And then they play, you know, the classic music, music to try and make the sort of, you know, the Harry Potter fans cry or whatever. But it's just sort of, it's just so cheap and it's just, it's so unimaginative and it annoys me and that's all I have to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched the second one. I do I did buy it um on YouTube, I think. But yeah, I've got all the Harry Potters on there, but the kids have never watched it, so probably won't bother for a while. Um <laughs> so I have watched this week the box. Um is, Who that, was in the is that Richard pop? Kelly? It's the that... one with the woman, what's her Cameron name? Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz, yes. The person who made Donnie Darko, right? Yes. Who made this one. Yeah. So basically, one million in dollars in cash if you press a button. That button means that someone you don't know dies. Um, what a strange film. You've all seen it, have you? I haven't seen it, no. I'm not yes. going to give this twist away then, because there's no point. You might as well. There is a twist. Um, I don't mind it. It, it literally did about, uh, I think, forty-three percent um, rotten tomatoes. I'd give it a bit higher. Um, she's got a really weird accent. I don't know how to explain it, but um. Yeah, so she has to. She decides to press the button, and because she presses it, somewhere, someone somewhere dies. Um, what does she? Yeah, she does press it. Um, and they try to give the money back because they're not happy about it. And that's it. I'm not. I can't give any more away, really, because it will totally ruin the film. Um, yeah, you've seen it, Larry. Yeah. yeah. I, I what actually, else can I say really? It's, it, it is good. It's it does have a feel of Donnie Darko at times. Um, I think it is. Yeah, it's it's not on that level though. No, yeah. it's it's enjoyable, and I think the first time you watch it, I think it's good to go in not knowing anything because you can be like, oh, what's the twist? But I think once you've once you've seen it, I think I don't know. It could be. Uh, it could be. I think the premise could have had some more, you know, oomph to it. But I do, I do think it's a, it's a solid film. Um, yeah, I, I'd probably give it a six. I, I, yeah, the only I bought a like I buy DVDs and Blu-rays all the time, and I bought a like a mystery box of horror, and that was in there. I think it says PG thirteen. Eh? Um, I had it on Blu-ray. Thought, well, I'll watch it for the podcast. Mm. Um, yeah, it was it was all right. It was. But I can't say too much because it will totally give it away. The other thing I watched, um, Night's End on Shudder, I watched. Um, what do I say about this? It's kind of one of those Zoom films again. Yeah, it said like, you can, you know, for anyone watching this, you can see it's like filmed like a film, but there was a, a lot of him communicating with people via his laptop and things. Um, with his ex-wife, I think, and her guy and his mate, 
he seems to be a bit I don't know what's wrong with him where he's anxious or whatever and he's had a drinking problem and he, he lives on his own now and his hobby is stuffing dead birds um so he's doing his own youtube kind of uh channel about i think it's about business and and, and things and on one of his kind of streams a dead one of these birds that are on a shelf falls off so there's the premise that oh that bird fell off your shelf so your house must be haunted um and it goes from there. So he talks to someone who's got their own channel who deals with hauntings and things like that. And it gradually, this movie gets worse and worse. Um, and then at the end, there's people with fucking yellow eyes. And it gets weird. And it's... Oh, mate. It started so well and finished <laughs> so poorly. Um, you need to watch... Because I'm totally going to give it away. But yeah, the yellow eyes, it's just... Fucking horrendous in the end. I was watching it thinking, yeah, I'd had like two or three beers and think, yeah, this is all right. It's going along, you know, one of those Zoom movies again. Um, but it just, the last 20 minutes, it's just ridiculous. Have you seen it, <laughs> Larry? You no. Seen it, yeah? no. And I like Shudder a lot, but you know, they have some decent films on there. But this one, yeah, it just doesn't make sense, most of it. Oh, a bird fell off my shelf. Your house must be on it. It's not. <laughs> it's like me doing this now, right? And my dartboard falls down, right? You can see it just behind me, right? Mm. Oh, your house is haunted. No, the dartboard <laughs> fell off the fucking wall. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, Solid. Anyway, so I watched that, and I would give that a three because it kept me engaged for half of it, and then it went tits up. Um the other thing I watched, we got sent a... There's a couple of films I like called Hex and uh, The Droving on Rubicon films. Um, and I got sent a screener the other day and it was for a kind of supernatural folk thing about Haunted Forest. So the, the, it's called Night, uh, Sideworld Haunted Forest of England. Now, it's kind of more imagery and then someone talking about what happened over the last couple of hundred years or maybe even longer in forests. One of them being Cannock Chase, which is in the Midlands, I think. And then there was one about Epping Forest. Um, it was just stories about that and people who have committed suicide and things like that. I'd probably prefer it as a podcast. Um, it was just a lot of images and just people chatting. So there's no actual, it's like a documentary thing. Epping Forest, that's not yeah. the one in the UK, is it? Yes, it's all in the UK there. So Epping Wait. Forest has got quite a few lakes that are, or ponds or whatever you want to call them that are meant to be haunted. Is Epping Forest the one that we went to in uni? I feel it, it, it rings a bell with me as well, Lawrence. Yeah. So yeah. There must be, there must be some. If yeah. you know, but this is the thing. If it, this is probably going to sound stupid to people who don't, who obviously don't know this previous story of this. But long story short, if this is the, if Epping Forest is the forest that we went to and it's haunted, then that's creepy as <laughs> in such a weird way because without even knowing half those stories, there was such an odd feeling there. Not like go, I wouldn't say ghosts, but it was just like an odd feeling of like, no, fuck this forest. <laughs> so Epping Forest seems to be like Chelmsford Way. Um. So you know where that Chelmsford is. I know where Chelmsford mm. is. So look, I don't like, think we go that far. Maybe it just sounds 
So you go past Dartford and that. Mm. Up that way. Um, let's go past it all the time. Mm. Um, it was okay. Maybe not then. It was The imagery was good. Obviously, the guy who's filming it, he knows his stuff. There's some lovely shots of the forest and the lakes and, and things like that. And there's some good running commentary. Um, but it's more of a kind of documentary. And I love the driving. So he, he did that. So I enjoyed it. Um, but it could have, would have been a great podcast to listen to about these stories. Some of it was about Dick Turpin. I think he was at Epping Forest. He may have even been uh, a lot of his crimes were there. You know who Dick Turpin is? I've heard the name. I haven't. I well, I only know Dick Turpin because when I was growing up, Adam Ant had a song called Stand and Deliver. And I think he dressed as Dick Turpin. And he used to uh, just rob people at night. You know, people traveling on their horse and carriage. And he'd hold <laughs> them up. Money all your life, basically. So that's the only reason I know who he is. Um, not, not the bloke from Adam Ant. Yeah, no, I was going to say. Adam, I was, Adam, yeah. Yeah. That's, what Adam I was, that's what I was thinking. Like, wait, Adam he had dressed a song. up as him? Adam Ant had a song called Stand and Deliver, and he quite often dressed like that. Um, and, and if you ever want to watch the yeah, Stand and Deliver video, that's all you need to know. Um, so that's pretty much all I watched this week. Anyone got anything else, Larry? Just what? Just once upon a time in Hollywood. I know we've discussed it before. Very good film. Um, was was called cool to rewatch it again. I always forget how good that film is. I know it never. Uh, the time doesn't ever feel as long as it is. It's a very long film, and I think that obviously, if you know what it's like, the true story based on with Sharon Tate, and then obviously Quentin Tarantino, obviously very good writer, just knows how to take something like real world and 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 mix it with almost his imagination of these characters and i just think they're great the acting's really good i do i will i will agree i've had this criticism a lot and i do agree with it watching it again i just think the bruce lee scene is the only scene in this film which i i would almost rework it doesn't need mm. to be there yeah it's just it's like the whole the rest of the film is good i, I know what they're trying to say and I, i've had this conversation a lot which is like they're trying to say oh brad pitt is you know as matched or better than the you know the famous bruce lee and that's fine but the problem is is it's it comes across very like i didn't really like this person and i don't know if that's the case but mm -hmm. that's what it comes across across us it's just what one scene but yeah i i really like it um it is great, and I think obviously if you've seen it, I think the ending just wraps everything up with a very nice bow. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I did like that, and I like the whole Sharon Tate storyline and how they and how they tackle that. But I just, I just, I, I, I'm someone who didn't like it as much as everyone else. Oh, I'll okay. probably give it, give it three stars or six bonus or whatever. But I just, I don't know. It's, it's another one of those films where it just feels like it's having a very long nostalgic wank where it's just sort of it's just <laughs> and it's like it's like it's like typical of a sort of oscar nominated movies especially where it's just hollywood wanting to sort of like have pleasure with itself and it's just sort of i i, I don't know I, I you know it's well written and you know i like tarantino but i just i don't know i i i much prefer <laughs> I, I prefer i prefer it when tarantino 
is his usual self. I I, yeah, I, know, yeah, no, I, I know, and I know, and I know, and I like it when directors experiment. I like it when they go out of what they usually outside of what they usually do. But I just I don't know. I I I I I didn't get what I wanted out of it. I guess. Um, but yeah, that's my view on it. Nice. Wow. So that's kind of wrapped up, really. Um, Dan's hot pick next week. He has put. Rigor Mortis from 2013. I'm not sure if he's actually watched it. I don't know if I've got to buy it. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but this week's, I think, was the best Dan's hot pick for me. And I like Mutant Blast a lot. And I've liked all of them actually, to be honest. Um, but I really like this one. It was different. But yeah. I, I thought we'd watched it, to be honest. So, you know, what other Swedish horror is there out there for us? Is Rigor Mortis a Swedish horror? I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> next week, are we okay revisiting uh, Evil Dead? Yep. The, the remake. remake. Yeah. 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 So we've got the remake from two, what was that? That's 2013 as well. Now, we did do it on the podcast, and I was with some guys who don't really like horror. Um, and it'd be nice to hear your thoughts on it because it is a favorite. It's probably the best remake ever made, I personally think. Um, and I don't know if it's a reboot or it's just a reimagining. I think it's basically a reimagining. Yeah. Um, and I know we're getting a, a new Evil Dead soon, aren't we? We're certainly getting a game soon anyway. I can't wait for the new, the premise of it, it sounds amazing in a so, building. Yeah. trapped in like an apartment block and then all of it happens there and it's like levels to it. So I think they could do like what they did with Dread and yeah. what they did with the like the raid, but obviously for a horror. <clears throat> is this of... the film? Uh, well, I believe so. Like yeah. the premise is that it's about a woman like looking after her kids or it's looking after someone else's kids and then everything kicks off Evil Dead style. So I'm interested to see. I just, again, I want it has to be an 18. I don't want them to put it in. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, 15. You know, let's calm out. It's like, nah, Evil Dead is, that's the point. Evil it's, Dead is brutal, the remake. Yeah. At times. Yeah. It's, well, I just love it. It's in oh, my can, are we doing the extended cut? We'll do whatever cut you like. I don't know if I've got an extended cut. I've got on Blu ray. Yes. I don't know whether it's extended or not. I don't know. Yeah, because there was like, there were three different, there were three different endings. And then there was a oh. copy. There was a copy that was put onto E4. <laughs> yeah, do you not like it? Well, no, I, I, I'm fine <laughs> with it, but it, it just reminds me of uni because it's like yeah. it's funny because you you talk to people often about you know favorite films and so on, and often often there's like you know you get the usual ones because I think yours is like Jurassic Park, the thing, quite quite usual ones, and then there's 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 often one and it, it comes with everyone where it's just completely out of the gate, just no like no idea, and I feel like for you that's that's the Evil Dead remake, yeah. <laughs> so I feel like you talked about it a lot, and I was like why <laughs> I, I, own, I own that film quite a lot as well because i bought the first bought it first time and then tried to find the one with the extended like 24 minutes in it that they only showed on e4 once and i was like you bastard yeah i know and it was it was a special event for it it was like e4 right. at, on at nine extended <laughs> and i missed it and i was heartbroken but then luckily i found it online I need to watch that, but I might watch the first Evil Dead as well, the, the original. So uh, go for it this week. Okay. 
So if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's the Bones Horror Pod. Instagram's the same. Um, if you want to email us, it's the Bones Horror Pod at gmail.com. So we will be back next week with our episode 77 Evil Dead Remake 2013, reimagining whatever it is. All right. So thanks for listening and watching. And we will see you next week. Oh, no, no. I... Right, hang on. Just wait a sec. Got to find me outro. So I'll see you next week, guys. Thank you okay. very much. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.